What is up, Houdat Nation? We have a very special edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast with one of the unsung heroes from the 2022 season. But before we do that, let's get to that intro. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. This edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast is presented by Birdsaw Law Firm, the official injury lawyer's of Boot Crew Media. They're located at 918 Poydras Street by the Superdome. You can give them a call at 504-523-5413 if you or someone you know has been involved in an accident. And be sure to mention Boot Crew Media when you go there. That's Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. Now joining me for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast is Saints linebacker Caden Ellis. First off, Caden, thank you so much for joining the podcast. And how's this offseason been treating you, man? Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, and the offseason's been been treating me well. You know, uh, obviously wish we had been in it a little longer, but if it wasn't going to be me, I, I at least got to go watch my brothers play in the Super Bowl. They, they came up a little short, but, you know, it's it's been, you know, a fun playoff, fun Super Bowl, and now fun time just to you know, get away from football completely for a little bit. Yeah, and look, I, you know, I've had the privilege of speaking to you in the past, and I think what's really awesome about this past season, I know you mentioned about not reaching, you know, the ultimate team goals, and obviously that's not where you guys expected to be, especially when you talk about the team success the Saints have had the last couple of years. But in terms of individually what you were able to do, I feel like, you know, that Steelers game in November was kind of the starting point of what was a dominant two-month stretch for you. And I know you're a pretty modest guy, and it's it's different. It's easier for me to say what you did extremely well um, probably than when you're self-assessing it. But uh, what was it like just getting that chance in a larger role and being able to take advantage of it? Uh, it, was, it was so much fun. You know, um, since I got into the league, I, I mean, growing up, I always believed in myself. But then, you know, when you get to the NFL, you know, kind of seventh-round draft pick out of a smaller school – there's a little bit of doubt there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, how is this going to go? Am I going to be able to do the things that I've always dreamed of accomplishing? And, um, you know, I, I believed in myself from the first practice at OTAs my rookie year and all the way up until uh, this season. And, you know, every every year that goes by without your, you know, your dreams, you know, what you're what you're trying to accomplish without you getting closer, it, um, you know, it, you know, little seeds of doubt get planted. And so I think to finally get the opportunity and then when the opportunity came just to seize it, I felt like, you know, that was just such a confidence booster, such a just a joyous feeling, such a, you know, it's all been worth it. And I I know I have more to do and more things I want to accomplish. But to me, it was like, all right, no, nah, I can't do this. You know what I mean? And, and it was a, a great feeling. So you talked about it. You said you, you get in that mode where you're like, OK, I can do this. Does your mindset change at all when you get that opportunity and then the starts start kind of like stringing together and you know that, hey, I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, me getting taken out of the starting lineup. This is something that's here to stay. Uh, does something change? Do you maybe go back to your collegiate roots or, or has this been kind of the same process for you for the last four or five years? You know, overall, the, the same process. I think if if something has to change all of a sudden when you're put in that position, then you're probably not ready because it's, it's not going to be that week that you prepare for the starting role that makes the difference. It's really going to be that year or those years leading up to that that's going to allow you to go out there and, and have – you know, dominant success in the field. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say too much, but at the same time, there, like, there are some minute things that did change a lot and made a big difference. Like, for example, you know, those, those four weeks that I like truly started, it was like, you know, every other week in my career in the NFL has been, all right, Caden, you have to know this position and this position, or this year I had to, I was starting at Sam and I was the backup at Mike and Will. So, you know, DeMario or Pete had a shoe, a, a, you know, a shoelace type thing. I was in next. So 
basically, you know, in practice and in my week of preparation, I had to prepare for three different positions, you know, and Pete's just going to look at Will and Demario's just going to look at Mike. I have to look at each position as, all right, this is it, Sam. Okay. Now the next, you know, next play, maybe I'm thinking about is Mike. And the next play I'm thinking about is Will. Whereas when all of a sudden I was given the role to start, it was like, okay, this is smooth. Like all week, Caden, think about Will. Like, this is what you're playing. This is what you're going to have in the game. And honestly, like it did make it, you know, the mental side of it a lot easier because you're no longer thinking about all the positions, all those different possibilities. You know, everything that you can get is just in this package right here. And it, uh, so I say that, you know, was maybe a little bit of difference, but overall, I mean, it's got to be the same approach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I find it fascinating. There was a point in the 2022 season, uh, I believe it's the Monday night game against the Bucks. Obviously, the way it ended was heartbreaking, but I know a mm-hmm. lot of the chatter, at least I could speak for a lot of Saints fans, it, it, you know, it got to the point where they're like, well, what happens for the last four games of the season? Do they kind of just give up? And clearly that wasn't the case. You guys did finish three and one in the final mm-hmm. four games of the season. And more importantly, I thought the defense as a whole, if you just look at the statistics and the numbers uh, that you guys produced, obviously we're still playing at an elite level. Does anything have to be said in the locker room when, you do hit that kind of, I'd say, you feel like it's rock bottom and there's four games mm. left. You don't know if the playoffs are in sight. Um, is there something that has to be said or is it kind of an unspoken thing? I'm curious from the locker room perspective, what kind of goes down when a situation like that happens? Because clearly you guys did respond well after it. I'm sure it very much depends on the culture. And I think really how your team will respond will be dependent on the culture that you've built up until that point. Um, so I'm not sure if there's any like super magical word that you can put right there that would put you know, a team with a bad attitude and all of a sudden get them all to play hard. But um, I can just speak from our experience. I think we do. Um, I mean, since I've been with New Orleans, I've had an amazing culture. We had an amazing culture this year, I feel like, and I believe. And um, so when it came, I think everybody kind of knew, like, all right, like we still got to finish this thing strong. We're still, you know, going to hold our heads high. We're still going to have pride in the way we play. And we're going to make everybody that we play feel us. Um, but there were definitely leaders that stepped up and talked to Mario DA, obviously, and um, Cam, actually. I mean, Cam's, like, obviously one of the top guys, leaders in the team, been a captain for however long. But um, sometimes, you know, he, he doesn't talk as much. But, you know, that that was maybe the most I've ever heard him, you know, really talk and really get emotional. Is like, basically, like, don't one of you try quitting on the season. Like, not going to happen. So I think the culture was there already, and everybody knew it. But hearing some of the guys talk, some of the things that were on their heart, it um it definitely gave us a little more fire and juice to to go out and finish strong. Yeah, certainly. And you mentioned Dennis Allen. Obviously, you've been working with Dennis Allen for your whole Saints career um, because he was a defensive corner part of getting that promotion to head coach. Uh, you know, a lot has been made about whether or not he's the right guy. Obviously, time tells the story for everything, but you've had experience with DA. Yes. What has it been like so far? And was there a drastic change when he gets into that head coaching role? Do you guys feel like everything kind of kept moving the way it always was? Was there an adjustment period for you guys? I'm curious. Uh, I wouldn't say too much adjustment because, I mean, he's been around for so long. And I know for me, defensively, I'm always work- I've always worked with him. He's always been, you know, you know, Peyton was up top, but the guy that really I was under and had to report to most of the time and meet with the most, I mean, was DA and the defensive staff. So, I mean, I know, especially for the defensive guys, I feel like there was a lot of similarity, a lot of carryover. Um, team meetings changed a little bit, certain things he, he implemented, um, some things he changed around weight room and things like that. And honestly, I think a lot of the changes were, were actually good. Um, you know, when you've been successful for however many years Coach Payton was here, it's probably, I mean, I know, I know what I would have a really hard time changing some things up, even if it would be for the better. Um, I think DA changed some things that were, that were, 
you know, needed in some ways. And I think feel like he also kept the DNA of the team and the culture and what Sean had, had put in place that was so good. Um, so I think he did a really good job kind of hybriding what he wanted to change, what he wanted to keep. Um, I know he's the right guy for the job. He's he's an amazing leader and he's done an amazing job. And, um, you know, I think it's, he did a really good job in, in the whatever transition you want to call it, but he did a really good job with it. So you mentioned that. And the one thing I found fascinating, you know, I mentioned before defense, especially towards the end of the year, you guys really turned it on. Uh, I saw, you know, the interesting aspect of this offseason was that the defensive staff actually has some changes now, um, you know, bringing in Joe Woods, losing Coach Nielsen to the Falcons, Chris Richard, um, you know, not being a part of the, the program anymore. Uh, being around all those coaches, does it ever still surprise you when moves like that get made or do you kind of just get used to it being in the business? You know, I I guess you you kind of get used to it. Obviously, there's been a, a lot of changes. I mean, I can. there's so many guys that have gone out and gotten really good jobs and great promotions from – from where they were with the Saints to other organizations, seeing the value in them, the value in in the staff that's been here in New Orleans and and promoting them, you know, head coaches in Detroit, and defensive coordinators, and another DC now in Atlanta, um, linebacker coaches, and, uh, Chargers, you know, a bunch of guys that have have done well with us and gotten promotions other places. Um, so, I mean, you've seen, I've seen it pretty much every year I've been here. Um, this year's a, a pretty big change. Um, you know, obviously, I'm really sad to see those guys go. Uh, it's been such a pleasure working with them and, you know, KR and Nielsen, they, they have like, they were really awesome this year for me personally, my development, being able to go and ask them questions and work with them. And, um, you know, I was with Nielsen in his meeting room a lot because of a lot of the pass rush and D line stuff that I was allowed to do. So um, working with him so closely, he's been awesome. He's just a great mind and, you know, I'm happy for him. Um, I know he's, you know, getting that promotion, getting to go call, call play somewhere, but obviously going to miss him. Yeah. So, from your perspective, Caden, I know that um, obviously players always want to have a career year, but I think something we can agree on is there's no better time to have a career year than when you have your contract coming up for a new one. And, and obviously that's the case for you and you've put yourself in a great spot here. When you're going through this breakout season, does that even cross your mind while this thing's going on, like playing for that contract and a little added motivation? Um, how'd you go about that? Uh, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't really play, and I can say this honestly, like, without you know trying to sound cheesy or whatever i i don't play football because of the money aspect you know i i guess i believe in myself i believe that there are other ways i could go make money if i needed to but like i just play it for that competitive juice edge so yeah there there are thoughts that go through your mind but really for me it was more of like i want to prove that i'm a starter in this league and i want to prove that i'm the guy that can go and chase all pros and pro bowls as a starter in this league not just uh a rotational guy, not just a, a good backup, not just a special team. So I'd say those were things that were going through my head. Like, you know, and honestly, like it, it was kind of hard to, to keep them at bay because really, I mean, DeMario talks about it all the time, focus on your process, right? Don't focus on the result, focus on your process. And so, you know, leaning on him, got to talk to him a few times during the, the period, like, you know, playing really well, doing really great every time. You know, you look up your name on something, it's like all good things, you know, all these things. He gets this, he should be this, he can go here, he can do this. But at the end of the day, just trying to, I guess, stay humble, stay calm, stay in the moment and um, just continue to work on that process, continue to do what's gotten you to that point. Um, so, you know, it was a little battle there. But uh, overall, I think, uh, you know, with Hodges and D.A. even, Nielsen, um, DeMario and even Pete, too. I, I talked to him a few times, like just having such a great core of guys around me that I was getting to work with um, just, you know, made it easier. 
Yeah. And you know what I loved, you mentioned the all pro aspect of it and proving that you are a starter. I would, you know, have to say you definitely check that box off with the way you played um, this season. When the, the, the time comes, right, you start analyzing your options. Obviously, free agency is still a month away. Um, what's going to be at the forefront? Is it making sure that wherever Caden Ellis plays football next year, it's in a starting role? Is it a certain scheme that you, you know you desire to be in? Is it a continuity thing? What What's kind of going to be going through your mind when you make that decision? Because it's going to be an important one, not just for next season, but obviously the years that follow after that. Mm. Yeah, you know, I um, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of different things. You know, you can talk about the money. You can talk about the the team's plan for you, you know, whether they want you to be a starter, whether they, you know, see you as more as a backup guy, which that will kind of, the money will kind of tell you what their, what their minds are on that. You know what I mean? Um, whether it's, you know, schemes, cause you know, I've gotten to play a lot of edge and pass rush stuff. So, you know, is a three, four more applicable or should I do what I did in those four games and try to be a stack back four, three guy, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions and a lot of things that are going to go into it. Um, I'd say personally, if, if I was just making this choice myself, me and my wife, I think we'd choose, you know, probably the one that sees me as a starter. I could feel like I can fit in almost any scheme in the NFL that sees me as a starter. That's going to give me some pastors opportunities and is going to pay me as a starter. That I see, you know, that's in our minds probably what's most important. But man, honestly, I mean, we've already been praying about it, fasting about it, and um, really, we just want to give it to the Lord in this decision. Like, God, if you want me to go somewhere and be a backup player, I'll do it. If you want me to go somewhere and and be a starter, like that's what I want. That's what I think is best. That's what I would love to do, but I honestly, it's going to come. We're going to have the conversations. We're going to talk to the people. We're going to meet with our people and talk to, you know, my dad and agent and all these people and see their opinions on it. But at the end of the day, we're going to pray. We're going to fast. And wherever we feel like the Lord's calling us, that's where we're going to go. Cause I mean, again, like I've said, all the things that I want to do in football, like I have goals, I have dreams, I have aspirations, but at the end of the day, there's a, a lot more to life than football. And um, I just want to go where, the Lord is going to grow us closer to him and where he's going to allow us to, to bless the people in the community there the most. So, you know, you mentioned how many times you, you'll speak with tomorrow and, and clearly when it comes to advice, it seems like he knows um, exactly what he's dishing out. Have you been able to kind of chat with him about this whole process? Cause again, you know, that's a player who, who spent time in New York, spent time on Cleveland, obviously comes to new Orleans, gets that kind of big role, which is something that could very well happen for you. Um, have you had a conversation with him yet about what to expect in free agency and how to kind of navigate through that process? I have. I've been able to talk to him. He's, he's just such an amazing guy. I mean, since I remember as a rookie, when I first got here, he was like, look, you got to have the questions to ask. I'm not just going to come to come to you and give you stuff. But like, if you ask the questions, I'm never not going to answer. Like, I'm here to help everybody. And that's been true from football to life to with being a dad to being a husband to a uh, follower of Jesus. I have anything like you can ask him anything and he'll, and he'll give you all the advice that, that he sees you might need. And um, for free agency, he's been no different. He's been uh, awesome. He's given me some great advice um, and I'm, I'm extremely thankful to him for it. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned before talking about the starting role and you talked about being able to, to be in pass rush situations. You had seven sacks this year. A lot of people give you um, a ton of credit for reviving kind of the pass rush for the saints because early in the season, it wasn't really getting going. And then second half of the season, it really just took off. Is that something that you also will prioritize in that next you know decision you make? Is, is that something part of your game that you heavily value where, Hey, look, uh, you know, I know I'm going to play the linebacker spot and I'm going to be out there in terms of stopping the run and, and using you in pass cover situations as well. But is that something that you really put towards the top of the list? It is because it's something that, you know, I feel like you got to know your strengths, you got to know your weaknesses, you got to work on your weaknesses at all times. And that's something that I've been doing my whole career. 
but you have to continue to sharpen your strengths and you have to be able to use your strengths. Like to be able to, to go somewhere where they would never pass rush me would just be a fault to the work I've put in and a fault to the talent that I've been given and the ability I have to rush the passer. So to me, that, that, doesn't, that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't add up to me. So yes, it's, it's going to be something that I'm heavily interested in. I want to want to know how they would plan on using me in a third down pass rush situation, um, two minute situation. And I'm not saying it's got to be in every play because that's what it wasn't. That's not what it was here in New Orleans. You know, I, I would drop in coverage. I would cover man at times, but at the same time, I was also given the opportunity to pass rush and, I felt like I showed that I can be dominant at that. And I think that's something that can separate me from the other inside linebackers in the NFL. You know what I mean? Um, but it's not going to be able to separate you if you can't use it. So that's definitely something that I'm going to be thinking a lot about. So, you know, I'm curious, and it's obviously it's different for every guy, but, you know, the season ends, right? And and obviously, like we said, team-wise, not where you want to be individually. Obviously, the numbers uh, were very impressive. Does the season end, and do you almost kind of have that thought where it's like, man, I don't, I don't know if I played my last game for the team that drafted me yet. Does that cross your mind? Or is that something that, man, maybe in March, if a decision gets made and let's say you don't return, then it crosses your mind. How does that whole go? Because I have to imagine like it's it's not the easiest process to kind of go through because you're trying to do your do- job on Sundays. But, you know, at the same time, it's only human nature to kind of think what's after Sunday and what's to come. So how, how does that whole go about? Yeah, I wouldn't really say it was maybe a thought before the last game. But, you know, walking off the field, the last one, playing like – looking around at the guys and the coaches and being like, I hope this isn't the last one with you guys. Cause I got love for all of you. And I'm thankful for all of you and the city of new Orleans. And, you know, obviously would love to be back and they've made it clear that they want me back. And obviously it's just going to be a, you know, a numbers and a scheme and a, you know, all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of get across the bridge when we get there. We've had a couple conversations. We'll have more, but it's, um, it's definitely something that after the game was like, ah, oh, like, this is amazing. New Orleans is amazing. This team is awesome. I love these guys. And I hope it's not the last one with them. You know what I mean? So a little bit, a little bit of sadness, but also at the same time, like hope, because it's not necessarily that that's what the case is. You know what I mean? So just, I think the next time, uh, you know, hopefully I get a suit up in that black and gold, it'll be even sweeter. And um, if it comes down a few years down the road, that's just what it is. If it never happens, that's sad. <laughs> but if it happens next year, let's go. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of, we'll see. We'll see what God's got planned. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to end it on a positive note, Katie, because, you know, obviously we don't want it to, to end it on, let's say, you know, if it's the end, whatever, um, because no one knows. Like you said, we'll see what happens when free agency opens up in mid-March. But uh, kind of a question for you kind of projecting down the road, um, just wishfully thinking and putting in the hard work that you do. Uh, what's the hope that in, let's say, two, three years from now, what type of player should we be expecting every Sunday from Caden Ellis? You know, Lord willing, if I get my way, <laughs> it'll be a all pro pro bowl starter. That that type of guy that can go in and change games and be one of the most dominant defensive players on the field. That's um, that's what I believed I showed in the starts that I got this year. And even when I was getting rotational time, I, I showed it. I showed glimpses of it. And uh, I just want to continue to build on that. And that's uh, that's my hope. That's my dream. And uh, Lord willing, let's go make it happen. Yep, certainly. Caden, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been you know, a pleasure each year that I've gotten to speak to you, and especially now just watching you ball out on Sundays and now putting yourself in position uh, where hopefully in March we get to see that you get a big payday and a big opportunity uh, on the field. Hopefully that comes. But thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, I wish you all the best. I hope you have a great offseason. Hopefully you get everything that you're wishing for when free agency opens up. And thanks for everything, Chris. You're amazing. It's been awesome talking to you every single time. And I uh, love the show. Appreciate you, man. 
Thank you so much. And that's going to do it, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Buku Media. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page for more content. And we'll see what happens when this offseason comes around and free agency opens up. Hopefully, Caden Ellis is back in the black and gold. We'll see how it all unfolds. But until then, guys, stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.